Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free gift for you on how to scale your agency to multiple six and even seven figures and beyond by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself from the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Again, that's 720-792-8036. Just text the word freedom and I'll send you the free gift on how to achieve freedom in your agency and life. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Noel Andrews. Noel bought Job Rack back in 2018 after 10 years of building and leading large teams in the corporate tech world. Since then, he's increased revenue by 4,000 times and help businesses all over the world hire more than 1,000 remote team members from Eastern Europe. Noel, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Brent. Good to be here. So what was your, I guess, what was your catalyst? Like, why did you decide to uh, to kind of ditch the corporate tech world and go out and start your own biz? Yeah, well, I've been entrepreneurial for a long time, long time and kind of searching for that opportunity uh, I went into like the interim world just to kind of, you know, bank some coin for a little while to kind of uh, build a bit of a war chest. Um, spent a year trying to launch and kind of scale an interview coaching business. So that was like helping candidates to be better at interviews. And uh, in the UK, that's a kind of, what is it? People are very problem aware, but nobody is looking to pay an interview coach to help them with uh, interview skills. Uh, so I did a year or so of that. And then just at the right time, Job Rack was coming up for, or it came up for sale. Uh, it was, uh, it'd been kind of mothballed for a year or so. And so it was going to either be kind of sold or shut down. And it was just a perfect kind of serendipity type moment where good niche, niche right down, remote hiring and Eastern Europe and um, kind of a good sweet spot with kind of what I've been doing before. So yeah, jumped on in. Very cool. Well, I'm very interested to learn more about just your expertise in this area. I know a lot of digital agencies are hiring remote team members. A lot of them are working uh, are looking to hire remote team members abroad, and specifically, I know Eastern Europe, you know India, you know Pakistan, South America. I mean, those are some of those kind of broad markets that have very cost-effective, you know, team member or exchange rates. Right, the purchasing power is 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 favorable to to Western agencies, and so I know that those are very hot hiring markets. That being said, uh, I know from personal firsthand experience, right, it's like a, it's like a road, you know, littered with uh, potential missteps and uh, potential, uh, you know, expensive lessons that one can learn on that journey. So when you first started doing this, like what were some of the things that that you kind of learned as you as you acquired JobRack and started to actually do this as a business? Yeah, I think well, one of the early things was I'd spent uh, the first two years of owning JobRack was really focused around trying to scale the job board. So it was a DIY type service, you know, kind of conventional job board, a couple of hundred bucks to post your job at. And um, and that that worked for a lot of people, for a lot of customers. But in terms of scaling the business, it's, it's kind of tricky. You can't spend an awful lot of money when you're only charging 200 bucks. Uh, it doesn't leave a lot for marketing and then kind of scaling. So uh, one of the big things I realized was actually, you know, at the point that I started investing, um, and the point that I started kind of charging, you know, kind of charging kind of slightly more serious money 
for something that people really wanted. You know, there is a good group of people out there, an agency uh, kind of owners that kind of some of them do want to just post a job ad. However, there's a much bigger group of people that are like, hey, hiring is hard. Probably one of the hardest things an agency owner does. And actually, a lot of them want help with it. And so as I kind of tapped into that like opportunity and started saying, well, hang on a minute, we're really good at what we do. We've got access to the right talent. We can help people, you know, with this process. That was one of the key kind of things that just kind of has just catapulted in as the last 18 months, switching from a, uh, you know, money while you sleep job board, which, you know, is uh, the nirvana for a lot of people. I actually switched into an agency business, which is not money while you sleep. But where there's a hard problem to solve, actually, that's a, that's a lot more rewarding. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I understand the money while you sleep. I always love that. Like, you know, it's, it's like it's like you make money while you sleep, like from the fruits of all of your labor that you worked while you were awake. <laughs> the transactions happen in the middle of the night, but the work still probably happens during the day. So so you decided to switch to kind of agency model. You realize there was a much higher like lifetime value in a customer helping them to, you know, more hands on place talent within their business. So when, you know, when would somebody, when should somebody be thinking about this in terms of, you know, when, when would they need help with this process versus, as you said, like use a DIY job board, like I can post, you know, a listing on Indeed or on Upwork or something like that and try to find, find people in various markets. What, what makes it, you know, special that you have like a team help you? So I think there's a couple of things. One is uh, if you are, if you've got a lot on your plate, right, which that pretty much describes every agency owner on the planet, I think. Um, you know, if you've got a lot on your plate, building your business, running your business, et cetera, then, you know, becoming an expert at bookkeeping or accounting is probably not high on your list of things to do. You have people to do that for you. Um, and hiring is really in the kind of the same camp. So if you've got too much on your plate, if you don't know how to hire effectively, and actually hiring is, you know, hiring is hard. Um, so if you don't know how and you want some, you know, expertise to do it, or crucially, and, you know, especially common for us right now is if you just don't know where to find the right candidates. So we're seeing for a lot of roles, software developers, especially SEO, PPC, operations managers, the best candidates are not hanging out on job boards, just, you know, waiting for you to put your job post up and for them to, you know, be thrilled to apply. Um, you know, there's a lot more kind of active headhunting, sourcing, scouring the world to find these people is, is what's needed. And that, you know, the average business owner or agency owner can't do that themselves. What are some common missteps when hiring abroad, hiring a remote team member? What are some of those like kind of do's and don'ts that that might become expensive lessons? Yeah, I think the biggest one is like not thinking about what you really need before you get started, right? So agency owners especially are typically getting to maybe 100% of capacity, maybe 110% of capacity before they kind of start the hiring process. And hiring always has a lead time. And so it's really, really crucial to really have thought through, right, what is it you really need? And what are the you know, key traits, not just the technical skills, but also language, cultural alignment, you know, time zone, things like that. So what are the things that are really important that's going to make you know, a success um, for, you know, for the new hire? And just again, thinking about you know, on the flip side of that is you know, ruling areas of the world out because of maybe time zone, thinking that you need someone that's going to work you know, eight hours a day in your time zone when actually you can do a huge amount with, you know, three, four, five hours of crossover that then gives opportunity to, you know, be able to hire earlier, um, tap into other kind of uh, pools of resource and pools of talent that, you know, maybe it's a lot harder locally. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. 
It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. So, I mean, it's interesting not thinking about what they need because I feel like sometimes as an agency owner, you're you're maybe in there doing some work. You feel like you're just bursting at the seams, can't like... You know, can barely you barely have enough time to to you know brush your teeth in the morning, let alone figure out like what does it, what is this next position? And I know it's really common for people to kind of be in a in maybe a state of pain, like or or frustration, and maybe they're in there designing something or developing something, and they think to themselves, "Gosh, I just need to find somebody to do this for me, right?" And so like that's kind of the uh, the hiring catalyst, and they go, "Okay, I just need to hire a web developer, right?" And so they go and they start like poking around or they create like a really generic job description for like web developer, which obviously has, um, there's a very large spectrum of what a web developer could be, especially if we're talking about an international marketplace of potential talent. Uh, Is there anything that you guide your clients on in that first part of like really getting clear on what's the seat that they're hiring for, um, how they think about what work needs to be done, if it's part-time or full-time, et cetera? Like what are some of those key things that they need to get right directly in the front yeah so that's exactly what we do so uh we've got so often myself uh or my kind of hiring success consultant you know we will just kind of brainstorm and kind of coach people and coach agency owners through you know what what are the problems they're trying to solve and how best to solve them and what we often find is that someone might come to us saying hey i need maybe i need a front-end developer and a back-end developer um, and we can say, no, you can combine it and you can get someone that can do all of those things to a really, really high standard. And so we do a lot of that almost, yeah, almost like business coaching, consultancy, you know, for, as, just as free as part of our consultation, just helping out business owners figure out actually, what is it they need. And that comes into what are the particular skills that they really need? What are the kind of aspects of attitude that's really important? What's the kind of cultural fit that's going to be important? Both the, um, you know, kind of differences in geographic culture or kind of different parts of the world, um, but also what's the kind of like the, the pulse of the company like. And, you know, that is kind of kind of key to understanding to make sure we're going to get people that are going to contribute, but also kind of fit in and, and kind of work well with the business owner. And then, yeah, everything into, you know, time zone, language, kind of core skills, and not hiring, not just for right now, but for six months into the future and for 12 months into the future. So what are the needs going to be? A little bit into the future so that we make sure that you know you're not hiring someone that you're going to outgrow kind of straight away um and that's a big kind of piece that we look for we you know we take a very kind of long-term view to it we're, we're about hiring team members that are going to really kind of be part of the growth of the business and help you succeed so you know we're not interested in just you know getting someone to fill a hole right now that you're then frustrated within a, in a couple of months yeah very cool. So what about when when once so let's say we've got a clear idea of who we want to have on our team in terms of a concept or like some of these basic constraints. Uh, and then there's the actual like candidate matching or interview process, right? So I'm going through and interviewing people from probably a very different culture and a very different background. And I find that sometimes that's hard. Like a lot of people weight their interviews a lot with like behavioral questions or like, you know, Hey, what do you do for fun or everything? I mean, that's not like my style of interviewing, but I know that a lot of times people are looking to find people that, you know, maybe share similar core values, 
you know, how how do you recommend or coach your clients when they are they are hiring or recruiting from different cultures of of kind of how to approach that process? Yeah, one of the most important things for us is the test, right? Is to do a test task, a test project, like have a test stage. And it can just be like 60 to 90 minutes of work for someone. But the test should be, what are they actually going to do for you, right? What kind of things do you want them to create? And then get them to do that as part of the test. You can actually see how they work and not only see how they work, but also see how they communicate through that process. And you know that's something that we obviously handle for people. But that is crucial because then that gives you some kind of some real meat to talk about in the interview as well, as opposed to, as you said, you know, interview questions can often be pretty theoretical, behavioral-based situations, scenarios, et cetera. And it's like, how can we dig into this? Whereas if you've seen them do, you know, interpret the instructions you've given and produce, you know, an output, a piece of work, it then gives you something to challenge on. And it doesn't really matter if they've done it exactly how you envisaged, envisaged it or not. You can kind of jump in and you can be like, well, why did you do it like that? And it actually provokes a, a solid conversation that you really get to see kind of how they think about the kind of work that you want to do. Very cool. I love that test idea of having a test test task or project or kind of sample piece of work that can be really good. What about like in terms of compensation? I mean, I know, I mean, one of the reasons I feel like motivations that somebody would have with, you know, not working with somebody locally is because, hey, there's kind of this idea that this might save me uh, a little bit of money, right? Or I might be able to, my, my money or my dollars my, for, for, for production or for, as, you know, VA kind of work might go a little bit further if we're hiring from from folks that are abroad. Can you talk to me about what somebody might expect to get in terms of cost savings on a, on a role by going to Eastern Europe or other places uh, abroad? Yeah, if we, obviously kind of my expertise is Eastern Europe, but I know the rest of the kind of the key markets pretty well too. But I mean, Eastern Europe, generally you're going to look somewhere between about 40 to 50% plus uh, like saving or equal or better quality people than you can find locally. And that's the key, right? You know, sometimes I'll, I'll have calls with people and I'll talk about sample salaries. So to give you an idea, like an absolute A player SEO specialist that could be doing client strategy, client facing, absolutely incredible skills, five, six years experience is going to run you about three to three and a half thousand US a month, roughly. Similar for kind of a real a kind of like significant heavyweight kind of PPC specialist operations managers in that kind of like really good client facing operations managers, two and a half to three and a half thousand dollars a month gets really incredible people. And the danger is, is that obviously sometimes when I share these figures, it kind of compared to US, Canada, UK, Australia, et cetera, they're dramatically lower. So then, you know, it's often, it's easy to assume that, oh, well, the quality must be not very good, but it's just not the case. The quality is, you know, like I said, equal or better than what we can find locally. Um, the key thing is there's just a lower cost of living. And, you know, we have availability of talent, the local conditions in local com uh, companies in you know, places like Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia, Macedonia, et cetera, often aren't great. So the chance to, you know, kind of work for an international firm, um, lots of people have worked already for US-based businesses um, and, uh, you know, looking to kind of expand and grow. But the big thing for us is about, you know, getting long-term people. So, you know, they tend to commit. And yeah, so, and that's the key thing there is like 40 to 50% you know, on the kind of gross cost, because then or on top of that, you haven't got 401k, you haven't got social security contributions, you, you know, typically don't have medical insurance contributions. And if you did, it's the absolute fraction of the cost of uh, what you'd be paying in, in the US. So it, it really is significant. And for agency owners, the big difference that that makes is that you can hire earlier. 
So you don't need to wait until you're at 120% of capacity to frantically hire. You can actually switch to a model where you're hiring at maybe you're at 70% or 80% and you can hire ahead. And then that translates to kind of two key things for me. One is that your client satisfaction is going to go up because at no stage are you overloading your team. You get that. And two, if you're anything like me, so I would self-sabotage if I had any concerns around our delivery and our capacity. So maybe I wouldn't follow up on sales opportunities quite as hard as I should have done, right? And it took me a while to realize this. And then when I did realize it, it was, it was so obvious because I'm so focused on you know, creating raving fans. And so then, you know, we hire very, very early and, you know, we can afford to. And that's kind of part of the, for me, a big benefit of hiring in, um, you know, in Eastern Europe. So kind of removing that kind of mental, yeah, mental challenge. You mentioned earlier, Noel, that you, uh, that these folks could be client facing. I think that's, that's always a concern for agencies that they're going to, you know, have folks that maybe aren't as clear of communicators or maybe there's you know, a thick accent or people are hard to understand, which I think at a client facing business is, um, you know, I mean, I, I, we have international team members. I work with a lot of international partners. I'm very accustomed to that. But I think sometimes when folks have very local markets, you know, they, they, they it might be a, an obstacle or at least a perceived obstacle. You mentioned that these folks are great client facing. I mean, is that um, just a non-issue and they're just, you know, in terms of English as a second language, like they're, they're dialed into that kind of business nomenclature and things like that? So there's a couple of things that we do. So two, so one, we can find people with, you know, generally the standard of English is very, very high in Eastern Europe and it has to be, you know, at least good enough, right? So that you're not in any way struggling to communicate from a business perspective. For client facing roles, we go one up, you know, further and we're looking for people that are very, very clear. They will sometimes still have an accent. I think here in the UK, we have hundreds and hundreds of different accents, same as in the US, but still I completely get the, you know, there's nothing worse than you you pick up the phone and maybe it's your bank or whatever, and you just hear an accent and instantly it's like, oh, this is going to be hard work. And so, you know, when we're doing client-facing roles, we are generally looking for people that are very, very easy to understand and a relatively light accent. The thing that we then encourage and that makes a huge difference is if you, you know, as a business owner, if you are doing, let's say you're doing the sales or the consultation calls yourself, and then you're going to hand off to a client-facing account manager that's from Eastern Europe or from anywhere else in the world. One of the big things that makes the difference is actually introducing them in the same way that a comedian or an act on stage gets introduced, right? You know, um, hey guys, just want to want to let you know, I've got an amazing guy coming up for you. Uh, his name's Brent. He's absolutely amazing. He's going to look after you in the best way possible, way better than I ever could. You know, he's going to take great care of you, right? That sets a completely different impression than the they just get an email or they get a phone call and they don't know what to expect. Um, and that's exactly what I do, right? So my, I have many skills, you know, always being on top of email, being completely on top of everything is not necessarily one of them. And that's why I have, you know, a, a, an absolutely fantastic team and, you know, Noemi and Angelia. Kind of, so I introduce them, you know, these are my kind of like account managers and onboarding team. They're going to take absolutely amazing care of you. And they do. And that's the key. So you've got, it's got to be able to back it up, but a little bit of, you know, bigging them up a little bit in advance just softens the, softens the entry with, uh, with your clients. But, you know, we have um, like Eastern European people doing, you know, outbound telephone calls to the US and absolutely crushing it for our clients. So, you know, and that's probably about the hardest thing that we could, we could have people do. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. 
This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. How about infrastructure for team members that are remote? I mean, obviously, if I've got, uh, if I'm a US-based you know, team, it's, it's becoming more rare to have like the office and stuff like that. But there's also maybe a lot more reliable, like power, internet, you know, home office situations seem a little bit more common as you get into like the United States, Canada, you know, maybe more Western Europe. Um, what's the, what's it, you know, what kind of access to, do folks have uh, over there? Yeah, so really, really reliable. There are power, internet. I mean, my, half my team have got better internet connections than I have, and I'm in central <laughs> London, and they're paying less for them, um, which is a, a, a touch frustrating. Um, but uh, they've got to have some benefits. There's no, I mean, you know, there are regions of the world that are like hiring hotspots that are, right now, South Africa, for instance, right? They have brownouts twice a week. Right, where the power is getting shut down from 2 p.m. in the afternoon for a couple of hours, you know, as we record this. If you're, you know, the certain areas of the world that have, you know, major typhoons and major internet outages and power outages when those happen, Eastern Europe is just, you know, incredibly reliable infrastructure. There's no power issues, there's no internet issues. And that is part of the appeal and why a lot of people come to us to hire and, you know, why I, you know, kind of jumped in and bought the business because it doesn't have those kind of common issues that face other areas of other areas of the world. What about contracts and employment uh, agreements? I mean, how does that work? I mean, I assume, you know, you're kind of governed by international law, but most people are going to be signing as some kind of contractor. I assume they're not being paid in, in uh, as like a local employee. Yeah, correct. So t- we would always recommend a, a service agreement. So they're like a 1099 contractor from a US perspective, kind of similar to a 1099. Um, so they are self-employed. They invoice you each month like a, like a supplier. Um, and they're responsible for their own tax and social security. Um, so you pay them gross. They then register and kind of handle it as a, you know, whether they register their own kind of company in their own country, depends on their, their status, whether they work as a freelancer internally to the company, uh, to the country. Uh, the key thing for us is, although legally they're not an employee, the phrase that I use is team member. So, you know, they are a team member in all other ways, right? So you treat them like a team member, like, like just the same as anybody else, right? Wherever possible, give them the same kind of benefits and perks if you can. But the key thing is, you know, if you've got team meetings, if you've got like retreats going on, things like that, just, you know, these are part of your team. Uh, And that's our focus is helping people hire long-term team members, part-time or full-time, not, you know, freelancers or kind of for people for short-term projects, things like that. Because actually for me, that's how we grow successful businesses is, you know, based around, you know, a core of really, really solid team members. Very cool. Well, Noel, this has been super insightful, man. I love hearing about this model. It always inspires me. I mean, we've got a very global footprint here at YouGurus. I know a lot of our members have a very global footprint. The agency that I'm a partner in, uh, Unlimited WP. I mean, that's the whole business. Basically, all of our most of our team is is in uh, is in India. So, you know, we definitely run a very international operation. I think these tips and insights from your experience, placing over a thousand team members with companies uh, is is highly valuable. So thanks for all these nuggets today. Do you have a few minutes to stick around for our lightning round? Yeah, absolutely. What is the best advice you ever received? Hire before you need to. Um, someone said that to me. And then actually the other one, I think with very close second, Tim Ferriss, uh, you're the average of the people you surround yourself with. So work on improving the average. 
Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Being very, very early to wake up in the morning. Just getting up, getting on it. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah, bonjouro.com, B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. It's for doing very short, hyper-personal videos. Uh, It's very manual. There's no AI trickery, um, but it sets you apart and I love it. And what book would you recommend and why? I think for me, it's still actually a four-hour work week. And the first third of four-hour work week, very specifically, um, because it's got the concepts of basically mini-retirement, okay? So not waiting until you retire to do the kind of fun things you want to do. And uh, yeah, taking those kind of extended vacations. And just some of the principles there are still really, really valid for me. And if I could be cheeky and add a second one in, uh, which is a bit less commonly known, it's something called Die With Zero. And that's all about if you die, where if at the point you die, you've got a ton of money in the bank, you have worked more than you needed to or had less fun than you could have done. <laughs> Love that one. I've not heard that. That's a that's a recommendation uh, that has not showed up on our show. So we will make sure to link out to Die With Zero. And that's going to make it onto my reading list, as well as Tim Ferriss's book, Four Hour Workweek. And we'll put an asterisk next to that one to, for folks to focus on the first third of the book. We'll also link out to bonjoro.com as a good tool recommendation and have lots of other tools, tips, and takeaways at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So check out the show notes for this episode. If you're out on a run or on your bike like me and you didn't have a pen and pencil to write down, go to yougurus.com forward slash podcast and we'll have that all organized for you in one nice, neat place. Noel, how can folks find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, absolutely. Best bet is head to jobrack.eu. Everything is there and I'm always very happy to jump on calls and just help people out. Like I said, we want a kind of bit of a consultation, you know, what's right for you, what are the next roles you should be hiring and just, you know, be there to kind of brainstorm and bounce ideas around around your team structure. So uh, yeah, jobrack.eu and there's a bunch of options there where you can book in a call with me. Very cool. We will also add that link to our website. So if you want to know more info about Noel and his team and what they're up to, check out jobrack.eu. Or go to yougurus.com forward slash podcast and we'll link out to Noel's, uh, the job rec website as well as your social profiles if folks want to become super fans of everything that you're doing online. So Noel, thanks again for stopping by the program today. Hi, Noel. Brent. Really enjoyed it. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want this free gift all about how to scale to six and seven figures and beyond in your agency, just text the word freedom to 720-792-8036. That's the word freedom to 720-792-8036. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.